Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello and welcome to another pre-flight. We're sitting far away. So the TV went to sleep. Um, thank you again, Dana Swanson, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, after a brief one-week hiatus, hopefully you enjoyed our Double Game Humpers episode last Friday. Uh, I think it was last Friday. It's a double hump. Indeed. It was, it was two humps for the price of one, but now it's back to flying with Tsunami pre-flight. Everybody, I hope you are strapped in and ready for today's episode. Indeed. Um, we're going to be talking about Pompoco and, uh, and then some of our favorite talking animal movies, which we've... <laughs> Briefly, peripherally talked some about in the past, but since we've long ago run out of topics, um, <laughs> we are we are moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have a Bloom Room from Steve Bloom, uh, who has graciously taken his time from being super super busy to send us some moments of him being super super busy. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of like uh, I don't know. That's that's like a nice like looking looking into like through the looking glass like he's super super busy but we're looking at him being super super busy like it feels kind of meta it's kind of nice yeah sweet so stick around for that Mm -hmm. if you uh want to see more steve Mm -hmm. uh but first let's talk pompoco um the 1994 ish yeah uh takahata movie about tanukis and every time i say tanuki i think of your line read in the um shadow tactics Oh, game review that had Tanuki in it, and you're like, oh, Tanuki. Tanuki, yeah, that was because it was. Um, I think as far as like uh, Americans understanding like what Tanuki was, um, like Super Mario Three sort of broke that wide open because there was a Tanuki suit, and we're like, don't you mean raccoon? Is right. it a raccoon suit? And they're like, no, bitch, it's a raccoon dog. Like it's it's a it's slightly different. Yeah. Like it's like a little bit. It's a with a mythical set of huevos, <laughs> huevos rancheros. Yes. Huevos. Tanukis. Some um, some multi-purpose. Uh, they call them the raccoon pouches in the Americanized version. Yeah, which is then even more confusing. Yes, um, since it's tanukis are not raccoons. No, they're not. But they're like, but this part of us is raccoon. Right. The rest is dog. Yeah. This part raccoon only. I think mm-hmm. that uh, etymolog- etymologically <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Um, so this movie is. One of the, it's not super, it's not one of the Ghibli movies that everybody talks about. I love this movie, um, but it's, and it's out on Blu-ray. It's got a great English dub cast. Um, and then you get to see Tanuki Balls. But I, I think it's a little early for people who are late to the Ghibli movies. And it's a little late. It's like in a weird time, I think, um, cause this movie doesn't get talked about a whole, whole lot, but no. it's super great. And is, I believe number fi- 13, 13, we're going to go with 13, 13 on the pace magazine, top 100 anime movies of all time. Um, had you seen Pompoko before 
I had uh, I'd never seen Pompoco, and I'd heard it referenced several times, especially from like um, from the Book House. Like there's a there's a bar in town called the Book House. Gil knows, you don't know, uh, but there's a bar in town called the Book House, and on Tuesdays they do Tiki Tuesday, and there was one uh, tiki glass that was a uh, it's it's a raccoon dog, it's a tanuki with just very large balls and like much larger and much more prominent than those of Pompoco. So I was expecting, I think I was expecting a large size of raccoon pouch it's i would say they're a good size they're a good size they're a fair size but it is it is strange that it's it's you never want to tell a tanuki that you thought his raccoon pouch was going to be bigger than no it's you know it's it's a fair size it's a fair size of raccoon pouch um but I did find it strange that it's it's just the pouch. Like so, on the males, you just see the pouch, and you don't see. There's nothing else. Like they they hide the ween, like the raccoon ween, very well hidden. But the pouch is like it just seems like if you're anthropomorphized and you're running around, wouldn't you want to like hide that from danger? Because in the in like yes. the, the beauty industry, I'm, they call that thin skin or like even mucous membranes. Like you just, you want to hide that from danger. Yeah, and not use it as a parachute. Maybe. I mean, I guess if you just put it out front, then yeah. you're making your weakness a strength. Uh, and that's we- always a good <laughs> tactical choice. Yeah, just like I'm I'm weak. Here it is. You can this is this is a gimme. It's yeah. a gimme. They're like, you can just hit this if you really want. It's just like a punching bag, everybody. Um do we have a clip from it or we don't have we a have, clip? We have there's not a lot of YouTube clips. Mm-hmm. Um shout out YouTube for letting us uh utilize uh, your clips, but we have the That's Japanese the trailer. There is the English trailer because this was one of the movies they re-released for um, the Ghibli Fest. Mm-hmm. So there's a really marginal um, fan. Uh, what's not Fandango? What's the one that's the uh, fan, fan event? Fathom events. Oh, okay. Uh, Fathom Fandor. events trailer thirty, but we didn't want to show that. So let's check out the Japanese trailer uh, with English subtitles for Pompoko. Ooh. ドロップしてこっさい飲み込めば変化は誰にでもできる。俺たち彼女は弱い。調子に乗る。サービスフィール。これが失敗の元じゃ。分かったかな。面白て。やがて悲しき狸かな。Cut so that's straight their, to that end card. <laughs> yeah, the pompoko for the sound they make when they bat their mm-hmm. bellies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like a lot of Ghibli movies and a lot of Takahata movies, this movie's about, at its most basic uh, man and industrialization uh, encroaching on nature and forest. So over a course of a period of time, several years, there's uh, real estate development, the bane of all mm-hmm. living creatures anywhere. Uh, Creeping into the woods. Yeah, who are taking over this forest land. Um, and there's some infighting between the Tanukis and then some banding together mm-hmm. and some... Yeah. Terrorism, counterterrorism, and there's a lot of bioterrorism, murder, and yeah, lots of things you can get behind uh, 
Because it's I think against it's, real estate development. Because it is like again, so many so many different factions within the forest that have like, oh, here's how we take care of it. Well, this is how I think we should take care of it. And even um, that scene where they're they're talking about they debated until morning, and it's just people getting tired from debating so long about what's the best way to handle this crisis that they're all going through. And it feels like. It feels kind of pulled straight out of headlines. Like, that, how do you handle a crisis? Well, you just debate about it until everybody falls asleep, and then yeah. one person does something really irrational. So that's it. Was yeah. um, a tale as old as time. Yes, uh, but yeah, the bioterrorism was like the most like shocking thing to me. Of like, m- not even maybe. 20, 30 minutes into the movie uh, where they just, they straight up uh, murder workers with their balls. Like, they, they use yeah. the the giant, like, tanuki balls to cover a windshield, and it's like the, the reverse of vehicular manslaughter. What is that? The, uh, vehicular... Activism. 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 They, yeah. they activized... They activated him to death. They tunesed the cat, a man, to death. And it was... Uh, it was like shocking, and they're celebrating it, and they're like, "But somebody died," and they're all like, mm. <laughs> "It was like uh, there's something about it that was um, like that part." I think really struck me as as bizarre. I don't know, yeah. but also like that's probably how people feel. Is like if they if they killed if they killed raccoon tanuki mythical creatures, they would just be like, "Ah, they're out by like yeah. it, it made." And it's, it's I mean, reverse. and eventually they start working on their transformations and then there's sort of a schism between Mm -hmm. who can transform effectively and who can't. Some people become humans and sort of move into the human world. So I think it is sort of highlighting how you don't worry. Some some deaths Mm -hmm. you don't worry about and some you do and then it's... Yeah, because it's... Where do you draw that line? It turned from like... Which I thought was interesting that it wasn't just like death, death, death. It went from like death to, oh, let's just scare them now. Which like in any sort of um, storytelling, normally it's the opposite of like, oh, let's try scaring them. And then it escalates. But it seemed like it sort of de-escalated a bit. Like, let's do do more. Yeah, they're trying a lot of different tactics to see what works. So (laughs) just the shotgun approach. Yeah, they're just throwing spaghetti at the fridge and, and trying not to eat it. Which is, I thought was cool too, was like anytime they smelled food, they would turn back into. Um, they would turn back into their sort of like more raccoon form. Yeah. So like the true animal, which I, I love how Studio Ghibli draws um, animals, like not just in their sort of like cartoony version. So they had the like, there was like the straight up raccoon animal version and then the anthropomorphized version that we saw in the trailer. And then sometimes when they got excited, they became this like odd cartoon dog version. And then they would become humans as yeah. well. So there were, they had like four different styles that each character could be drawn in. Or they may be like I don't know. At one point, somebody was like a chamber pot. They could be yeah, a chamber all, pot. It's all part of the transformation. It's all part of the transformation. Um, but yeah, I think uh, if you haven't seen Pompoco, it's definitely worth seeing. Uh, it's a good English dub. It's mm. oldish. It's um, Jonathan yeah. Taylor Thomas and um, from Home Improvement, indeed, and uh, Clancy Brown and from Highlander, and also uh, Venture Brothers season six. He plays Red Death. He also has a starring cartoon role on a uh, rival network that we won't mention now. Mm-hmm. But uh, And J.K. Simmons, so uh, you can get it on Blu-ray mm-hmm. um, if you so choose. But I, I would highly recommend yeah. Pom Poco yeah. if and you have not seen it. Yeah, I started just naming everybody's character after the person that voiced them. Brian Posehn's in it. Brian Posehn is right. a very small character in it. Uh, Trace McNeil. Um, and then I started just calling people Forehead Vane and Wilford Brimley and generic old guy one and two. So <laughs> I was like, these are my notes of people that <laughs> I encountered. Generic old guy one and two, I think, is actually how they're officially built. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. good. 
Um, but then that brings us to our question of the week, which is, what's your favorite talking animal movie? Talking and talking. Um, would you like to go first, Dana? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so I actually tried to found this on the uh, the four pillars. The Sorry, the three pillars. Let's take one away. Three <sighs> pillars of uh, talking animal movies. And um, I... I think that it's it's such a it's a broad category which gives you a lot of uh, play. So it's like okay, well, I want to break down the the movies I want to talk about. Are these my favorite? I don't know, but they're some movies, of your favorites. Some of my favorites. These are That's movies typically that, how we like to frame things. Yeah, these are movies that I want to talk about. Um, these are some of my favorites. So um, the first pillar I want to talk about is puppetry. So uh, a lot of talking animal movies have an uh, have an element of puppetry um, where you have uh, sometimes it's it's sort of a crossover of humans and puppets together. Sometimes it's just straight up puppets. Like the Muppet movie, I think is a great example of talking animal movie uh, with puppets. Uh, the Beaver and um, and even Won't You Be My Neighbor with Mr. Rogers. Those are more about like uh, a person working through their differences by talking to a puppet hand. Talking to their hand. Yeah, the- both movies. It, like I didn't. I was like, oh my gosh, uh, Daniel the Tiger is basically the beaver. Yeah. Like it's crazy to think about. Um, but I actually really wanted to talk about. Uh, this is legit my favorite movie, uh, Labyrinth. So. Um, yeah, the, the Sean was probably like waiting to press a button, or Justin was waiting. Like, oh, when's she gonna get to this? So labyrinth. They were scrambling because originally I was gonna go first, but then my oh, throat yeah. was bothering me, so I flipped it on. So flip that script. Um, so look at these adorable goblins. Yeah, it's it's a movie that can fall into several categories: favorite goblin movie, favorite David Bowie movie, uh, favorite movie about an emotional abuser. Which I'd say like that it outranks Last Jedi for me for a favorite emotional abuser movie. Um, but I I legit love this film for the puppetry and I think that uh, one of the the major characters um, Sir Didymus is a he's a fox terrier so that to me reminded me of Pompoko of like this sort of odd crossover like the Tanuki being this mythical raccoon dog I was like oh well this is like a fox it's he's a fox dog like he's sort of a strange crossover who also rides a dog so like where's the hierarchy in that it'd be like a human riding a human the hierarchy um, is the one riding wins yes yes um so I'd love to show a clip if we could Sir Ludo, wait for me. Oh, Ambrosius. It's all right, Ambrosius. You can come out now. Come on. boy, My royal steed. Steady. Forward. Steady, steady boy. Come on, Ambrosius. Just close your eyes and go. Let's get out of here. Yes, I just I love that that was a straight straight up 2010 YouTube style. Here's my favorite moments. I'm yeah. a YouTube user and I want you to see my favorite moments of these two characters. Um so yeah, those are ta- I mean Sir Didymus to me is a quintessential talking animal. He's a knight. Um, and also in that scene, we saw Ambrosius, his dog, have a human voice, which I think is really strange of like the Foley artist having to go, har, har. Yeah, and then just not really doing what I think the no. puppets felt like he was supposed to do. Yeah. And the puppeteer having to sort of chase after this. Oh, I, I would like to see the outtake, the rough takes of how many it took to get the movie, the shot that made it into the movie. 
of the dog being like, you know what, I'm fucking out of here. This yeah. is bullshit. Yeah, how many times a dog had to run across screen? Because that was one of the first movies that I saw a behind-the-scenes for, which I think is like part of the reason that I'm so obsessed with it. Is right. like I saw that was one of the first times I got to see a making of documentary. And it was about Labyrinth. And so like they, they definitely showed some of the scenes. They didn't really touch upon it too much with Ambrosius. But I was always like, oh, that's a puppet dog. Oh, that's a real dog. Like, just being able to see the spot, the difference. That's between definitely a good skill to have as a mm-hmm. budding moviegoer. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, which of these talking animals real? And if you uh, would like to see the Serdidimus puppet, it is on display at Atlanta's Center for Puppetry Arts. You can go there and cry like I did. Good to know. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Um, you should make promotional <laughs> items for the Puppetry Center. It's now all like, uh, I feel like I could talk about this forever, but I do love going to um, to museums to see like act, the actual puppets or actual props from things. So I did get to see uh, David Bowie's costume from that film at the the MOMI, the Museum of Moving Image. And uh, after Won't You Be My Neighbor, I now really want to see the Daniel Tiger puppet. So that fa- factors crossed. into talking animal movies. Sidebar. Okay, uh, moving on. So the second pillar is uh, is what Pompoco is, which is the uh, which is animated talking animal movies. So uh, the one that I want to talk about is it's it is a very obscure movies. It's one of my favorites. It's called Fluffy Dogs. It was a made for TV film from the eighties. Uh, I saw it way too many times. If you did, which fluffy dog are you? Or do you, if you had to choose a fluffy I'd, dog, I choose Ozzy, who is the Lorenzo Music one, just because like Lorenzo Music was so in during this time period. He was playing Garfield at the time, and also uh, Peter Venkman on the real Ghostbusters. So um, basically, anything he voiced, I was like, oh, that's my character. I'm Lorenzo Music. Um, so I don't know. I think that that was the one. He was the one that I uh, definitely affiliated the most with. Um, but this is, it's its such a strange movie because it was that feeling of like, did this air? This didn't air, did it? Did it air? Um, but you can actually watch the entire thing on YouTube. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's like a 45-minute watch. So, you know, have it on the background, learn a little something. Um, but the reason I wanted to show the clip that I want to show is I feel like, I feel like this was the original Rick and Morty. And so tell me if you think I'm wrong. Okay. Quick, Stanley, the key. 
Yeah, so then they go to a supermarket. And it's like, it's all crazy because guess what? In this dimension, they aren't time travelers or dimension travelers. They are dogs. What? They are straight up dogs. So there's there's even a, a line that's like, oh, those dogs could talk. Those dogs could talk. Like, it's it's uh, it's quite bizarre. So um, I don't know. It's it's. I uh, I like the the confusion of this is what so in other dimensions the they they are they are this type of, of animal in this dimension they are straight up dogs and they get adopted or they get they try to get adopted at some point and then they are just trying to go back home hmm. so it's it's um why does cheese open the magic doors why because uh, because it's delicious. And they Fair want enough. to go. So, so I mean, like watching that, do you feel like it has a connection to Rick and Morty? I I see what you're saying. To me, it felt more time banditsy mm-hmm. uh, than Rick and Morty. Maybe it's the collection of oh, misfits. Oh. Perhaps it's a statuization on my part. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I like the. Uh, I have not pri- previously seen fluffy dogs up yeah. to this point in this stunning uh two frames a second animation yeah, the, the range run, from youtube the run cycle really was impressive mm-hmm. uh, some top flight mm-hmm. graphics work did a great job pulling a, a youtube clip for everybody with that one um so actually i i talked to uh so i i recently moved my office to the McCrayberhood where uh, mark mccray sits and I love it uh, because he's sort of the social epicenter and he's also a uh, walking encyclopedia of animation uh, be- from his years like programming stuff on Boomerang. Right. And so I, I brought this up to him to be like, do you, are you familiar with this? Like, do you know what this is? And he's like, never heard of it. But the reason it could have, he sort of gave me some reasons on why maybe this, this specific short wasn't as popular or wasn't as known. Um, and he was like, well, it could be that there's music rights so with a lot of a lot of animated pieces, there there sometimes they can't re-air it because so and so has this music right and so and so has this has this music right and they don't want to agree on it. So hmm. it's like, well, maybe there are music rights that were an issue. And I'm like, well, maybe it's just too good for television. Probably so. So that was that. Uh, moving I think on. You're on both onto something. Yeah. You could both be right. Uh, so this is the third pillar, which is actual animals talking, which is a little bit like uh, a little bit like labyrinth because you have a dog that's sort of talking. And this is. I guess I'd say if if uh, you talked to me when I was like ten, I'd say this is my favorite animal movie, and now I'll say it's one of my favorites because of the story, and that's Hot to Trot. <laughs> um, that is a stellar that's picture. That's great. Um, so this was sort of around the era of Milo and Otis. This is 1988. So you have uh, at the time, like there was definitely a lot more like kid friendly talking movies. But they're like, you know what? We could do stuff for children with a talking animal. But why don't we make one that's for children and adults like Mr. Ed? So this the four quadrant mm-hmm. talking animal movie. Yes. Yes. Uh, so if you need a stockbroker in your talking animal movie and you need Dabney Coleman in your talking animal movie. And of course, the inimitable Bobcat. I love doing that. Bobcat Goldthwait in your talking animal movie. Well, then this one's the one for you. Let's roll that the trailer. Freddy, you can't be a broker. I got a big deal cooking right now on the bird. Who in the right mind would give you their money? Fred Cheney's going through hard times. Get him out of here, Osborne. I don't care what it takes. But he's about to get some badly needed help. Fred? We've got to talk straight from the horse's mouth. Ah, jeez, don't scream like that. So prepare yourself for a motion picture. There's a horse in here. 
So astounding. These rugs, they're brand new. No problem, I can hold it. So outrageous. What do you think of this, Mr. Horse? Oh, yeah. So thrilling. And so sexy. She uh, wants to know what it's like to face somebody during sex. Whoa! That it'll bring out the animal in you. Oh, baby. Bob Goldwaite. Honestly, he really does talk. Hi, Allison. It's a pleasure to meet you. Dabney Coleman. <laughs> and the ultimate party animal, Don. Oops, don't fail me now. In Hot to Trot. A womp, bum, a loom, up, lop, bam, boom. Thank you. We're out of here. So, Solid. Yes. Uh, so um, uh, this movie has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that good? Uh, that's the best score you can get. That's good. Uh, and also it's got about a 4.2 on IMDb. So uh, That is because this movie is a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I found actually an old uh, review that I wanted to read oh. from the New York Times. And this, is, uh, this was 1988. Hot to Trot, which opened yesterday at the Criterion Center and other theaters, bills itself as the funniest talking horse movie ever. That's not so very much to live up to. But even so, Hot to Trot doesn't qualify since its biggest innovation is the idea of a horse named Don, who's as wisecracking, irreverent, and messy as the human characters. The Filming, the film never gets any funnier than a sequence that has Don wrecking the apartment of his human friend, a stockbroker named Fred, with the help of a goat, a pig, a duck, and other self-proclaimed party animals. So this is a movie about party animals, especially uh, Bob, FKA Bobcat, currently known as Bobcat Goldthwait. Um, and there also, like, uh, there was another forum that, that decided to talk about uh, the following. So I pulled these facts from this person, Final Cut 25. Uh, these are things they thought were interesting. Dabney Coleman's glasses and buck teeth. The unneeded use of cartoon sound effects. Why are those there? Uh, the fact that this movie was originally intended to be a Joan Rivers vehicle. Interesting. Instead of John Candy. Uh, the fact that one of the screenwriters is named Stephen Naher. Uh, Bobcat singing Tutti Fruity and the animal part, uh, the animal party. Danny Elfman did the soundtrack for this. Yeah, he I will mean, take the money, boy. He will do it. So, um, as will Bobcat. I yeah, I, I, I think when uh, this was the first thing I thought of when you mentioned talking animal movies because I watched this so many times as a kid. Uh, Sean mentioned the fact that there is a straight up like boob pop in it. It's rated. PG. There is an unnecessary like boob reveal. Um, again, it's, a, it's an '80s PG though. That's a different <laughs> scenario. But like as a kid, I just don't see how this appeals. Like here's a person, and but I loved it because maybe it was I'd already seen Police Academy two, three, and four. I was a big fan of Citizens on Patrol, Police Academy four, Citizens sure. on Patrol. So maybe I just like a good uh, Goldthwait vehicle. This is a zany cat. Mm-hmm. Just, um, into it, I like a zany, yeah. zany cat movie. Um, also, uh, he is currently one of my favorite directors. So maybe watch um, World's Greatest Dad or um, God Bless America. Yeah, both Great of movie. which are, I would say, generally more well received <laughs> than Hot to Trot as Much a better. as a feature film. Yeah, um, so that's Hot to Trot. Excellent choices and work. Uh, I didn't thoroughly read Dana's Pillars of Talking Animal Movies, but luckily. 
my three choices also fit nicely into yes. the three pillars. Uh, my first is Kung Fu Panda from 2008, um, which I haven't seen the th- there's three th- the third Kung Fu Panda movie. Um, but this movie uh, really, I saw this on a plane and I was like, fine, I'll watch Kung Fu Panda. And I, I think this movie is quite amusing. Um, and it, it warmed me. Uh, in my cold, dark heart. Um, the voice cast is really great. Um, the Ian McShane is uh, as the uh, villain in the movie. I always like a good Ian McShane mm-hmm. growly voice. Um, but uh, let's check out the trailer for Kung Fu Panda and then we can talk a little about it. Behold the ancient styles of Kung Fu. monkey everybody was jack black go ahead panda show us what you can do okay yeah i mean i just ate um so i'm still digesting so my kung fu might not be as good as later on dreamworks kung fu panda how's that Hilarious. That animation is beautiful. Yeah. That is so pretty. I, I've actually never seen Kung Fu Panda. Oh. And uh, it made me want to see it. It's uh, They're good. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin Hoffman is uh, Master Shifu, and he is uh, retiring, I mm-hmm. guess, and trying to find the new Dragon Warrior. Um, oh. And then the Dragon Warrior... Some, it might just be inside all of us. Oh, I really love. Um, I really love how this connects to Pompoko in the sense that it's uh, animals that can do great things, but they're very distracted by the id things, like their stomachs. Yeah, that's mostly Poe. He's he's a non traditional warrior. I see. Um, I see. And he's his noodle shop family, noodle shop owning family, um, doesn't really scratch all of his kung fu itches so he longs to be a kung fu master but uh he is an untraditional fighting type Mm -hmm. um but he finds himself and along the way we find out a little bit about all of us yeah and he gets the job done it sounds like and he's an animal who talks Mm -hmm. so check one uh next is babe uh a little cute pig who talks um Jason likes Babe 2 more than Babe, and Ooh. that is not a very a universally contra- renowned opinion. Controversial um, opinion. But I do think Pig upon repeat city. viewing, Babe 2 might have been a little ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. But Babe uh, is in the sweet spot of, did you like Charlotte's Web, and do you want to see the live-action version? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, you're a kid who doesn't know Charlotte's Web. Meet Babe, which yeah. is sort of where Babe Do you like from. wigs on pigs? Yeah. Babe. This could be your film. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, I don't remember. I think this is a trailer that I pulled. Um, so let's check out the trailer for Bib. Spit. When I first came to the boss's farm, it was a whole new world to me. Everyone here seemed to know their place. 
the boss and his wife, the sheepdogs, the sheep, and all the other animals. Well, almost. We've got to do something about that duck. Now I just have to figure out where I fit in. <laughs> I want my mom. Good heavens. Who are you? Babe. <laughs> there, there. The little pig's a bit low. He's going to sleep with us. But mom, you went to bed. <laughs> What are you? You pig. What are you? I'm a you. A you. This is the story of a brave soul. Hello, sir. Get out of here. Who is trying to find his destiny. Can I learn how to work the sheep today? Get him up, pig. Remember, you have to dominate them. Bend them to your will. Ruff, 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 ruff. He knew his path would not be easy. I'm not sure if you realize how much the other animals are laughing at you. It's not a duck that thinks it's a rooster, it's a pig that thinks it's a dog. You should accept what he is and be thankful for it. But now he's determined. They're sheep, they're inferior. Oh, no, they're not. To take care of business. All a nice little pig like you need to do is ask. His way. Thanks very much. It was very kind of you. A pleasure. What a nice little pig. From Universal Pictures comes the story of Babe. You look like an intelligent, sophisticated, discerning young fella. Who, me? The pig with the gift of gab. La, la, la. Nerves of steel. <laughs> Get out of here, you, you big buttheads. And a heart. May I call you mom? Of gold. <laughs> Babe. Aww. Some Chris Noonan greatness there. I would think I was the right age when this movie came out, like 24, um, mm-hmm. to really have it speak to me. Mm, like, so did you feel like maybe you were, because uh, there's that line in the trailer that's like, he should accept what he is, which I think is sort of a vague line because that could be that he's trying to accept that he is a pig or that he's trying to accept that he's a pig that does things differently. It's like, did you I, feel that you're a pig that does things differently? I don't, I don't know if I uh, necessarily have ever made, this is a breakthrough we're about to see right now. <laughs> uh, thought about it on that level. I just thought I see animals in there talking and it's cute. So that was pretty much as far as I got with it. Plus James Cromwell is always great. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's oh, so he's the he's six feet under boyfriend, right? James Cromwell. No, no, no. We, he's um. He's been in a million things. He's, he's the farmer. He's, yeah, yeah. So he's uh, so in Six Feet Under. He is the he's Fran. He's uh, Ruth's like later on boyfriend. So he's like the the like li- like he's a he's a sugar daddy of sorts oh. at some point. So I stopped like watching Six Feet Under at a certain point. Um, so perhaps. Yeah. Um, so I uh, my cat Joel loves this movie. Really? Yeah, because of I guess because of all the animal motion. Like he really he yeah. loves watching Babe. He loves watching Babe's trajectory. Um, I can't remember how he took Pig in the City, but I'd say that he was definitely a fan of Babe. And There's definitely more uh, farm animal movements, so I think it's more, it's more pastoral for sure. than the, It just moves a lot faster in yeah. the city, so it's... So with like talking animal movies, especially this pillar where we're using like actual live action animals, um, I have a hard time watching animals that get separated 
from each other or from their families. Like, there's something about that that really bothers me because right. Milo and Otis was like two best friends who get separated. Uh, Homeward Bound was uh, three animals that get separated from their owner. Um, it's traumatic. That's it's, why they make those movies. It's so it's so hard for me to watch. But then maybe that's eventually, when they come back together, it's so rewarding. So, so does that uh, does that bother you at all? Like that that even that clip during the trailer where Babe's like, "Oh, I miss my like." Does that like? Am I just alone in the world? I don't think you're alone, but I don't think we're together. Okay. Um, so the uh, I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, I feel like in my heart, mm-hmm. uh, if they separate them, it, it's going to be coming back together. But I mean, you get a Finding Nemo scenario, and you don't know what's going to happen. You have so. No idea what's going to happen. It's a straight up adventure. Which on a I farm. almost picked Finding Nemo, but then mm-hmm. I uh, I didn't. So it was. So what did you pick? Good thing you asked, mm-hmm. and that is the fantastic is fantastic, Mr. Fox, uh, Wes Anderson's uh, first foray into uh, taking credit for directing other people's puppetry. Um, <laughs> I love this movie. It looks. I like the Roald Dahl uh, story. A lot of people were hating on this movie when it came out because it doesn't. The story is really short because it's a Roald Dahl story, mm-hmm. and it changes it from being in the book. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Fox are like a loving couple, but uh, much like many times, you can have two different things and it doesn't ruin your childhood or the book and blah, 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 blah. Plus, this spoke to the um, cantankerous nature of my own self. Mm -hmm. Um, This scene that we're going to show is actually this scene that we are currently looking at, and it's towards the end of the movie, so a bit of a spoiler, but since this movie's 14 years old now at this point, um, it's really on you if you haven't seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, so let's Check it out. Don't turn around. What? Where do you come from? Where do you come from? What are you doing here? Canis Lupus. Vulpus Vulpus. I don't think he speaks English or Latin. I'm asking if he thinks we're in for a hard winter. He doesn't seem to know. I have a phobia of wolves. Wish him luck, boys. Good luck. Good luck out there. <sighs> yeah, powerful lovely. stuff. Um, lovely. So what uh, what draws you to that scene? Um, I, George Clooney does an amazing job mm-hmm. as voice acting. I think it looks great. It's uh, 
the game recognized game factor, which I'm always drawn to. Um, <laughs> facing down your fears, riding on a motorcycle. What's not to love in that scene mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that movie? So. I think um, I, I don't know if I've noticed like how brilliant the costuming is in that. Like just like the, the texture is so costume. great in all the every element. The visually, that movie's mm-hmm. amazing. And I guess that you would call it on on puppets, like what you would call finishing. Like the right. amount of fur detail and the finishing on yeah. those puppets is a significant incredible. amount of work went in. And that tweed jacket is on point. Oh, it's jacket. so good. It's so good. And just even seeing like his little paw go up and like just like that little tiny little bit of like how long did somebody. Like slave over making that tiny bit of corduroy jacket on yeah. his arm. A long time. Thank you for your service. It's so good. Um, those are some of our favorite talking animal movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to check out the Adult Swim Facebook picks, which uh, we're a little ahead of the game to find out what they actually are. I'm going to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Probably that. I like Maybe that a too. Howard the Duck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Howard the Duck. Yeah, that's, um, that's good. And probably Milo and Otis. Another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And yeah, I would say Milo and Otis. Maybe a Homeward Bound. Yeah. You know what? Um, I, uh, I met a space buddy. Congratulations. I met a space buddy, and I'm now uh, famous to uh, my friend Dave's kid, who thinks that I'm a celebrity for meeting a space buddy on a shoot. I mean, how... I don't see that there's any other conclusion you could draw from that no, scenario. No, but I'm, I'm assuming at least one of the Buddies movies made it. Maybe so. Yeah. Let's uh, have you check out the Toonami Facebooks. Um, yeah, maybe a, a Bud movie is yeah, Air Bud. In, in here. Do they um, talk? Wait, does Air Bud talk? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. We're just going to talk over this, yeah. this shot here. So this uh, is uh, Buddies 1, Buddies 2, Buddies yeah. 4. For sure Ninja Turtles. Santa I Buddies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Santa <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I think we watched Santa Buddies. We tried to make it through. It's not, um, good, not ideal. Yeah. Not, not what ideal. you're traditionally looking for in an entertaining movie. No, but uh, I am really ready. If you ever want to do a Christmas in July episode, you just let me know. Can do. And I'll talk about a Santa Buddies. Um, now we're going to move on to looking at some sneak peeks, uh, some promos that we have for episodes that are running mm-hmm. this coming Saturday night. Uh, first up is for our promo for Super Episode 68. Uh, and that episode was premiering tomorrow night at at 10.30, so let's check it out. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. We can't waste a wish on you. You'll use it to surround yourself with a bunch of party girls. You don't know that. Can you send over a pink car filled with girls in bikinis? Dragon Ball Super, this Saturday at 10.30. Not bad, Bulma. You've become an even better wish granter than Shenron. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. That was one of the old men in Pompoko. Yeah, Master Roshi. Mm-hmm. Um, not the most uh, traditional uh, heroes no, that you could find. but he looks like generic old man, too. <laughs> he does. <laughs> to uh, and then next up is uh, My Hero Academia, episode 7. Uh, which is Saturday night at 11.30. Uh, so let's check out that spot. On the next all-new episode of My Hero Academia. What'll Kachan do now? Knowing him, he'll be impatient and try another big punch! I'm not going to be able to fight him at close range now. I need some kind of plan. Come on and face me, you coward! My Hero Academia, Saturday at 11.30. Get over here and show me what you're really made of. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. 
It's a hot show. There was a lot of, uh, I call it MHA. There was a lot of MHA cosplay at, uh, at Momocon. So I'm curious to see where that goes. Yeah, hopefully uh, more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then next is uh, episode four of Fully Cooly Fully Cooly Progressive uh, this Saturday at midnight. And uh, next Saturday, Fully Cooly and uh, My Hero are swapping places and moving a little earlier. So this will be the last week that they are both at 11, 30, and 12. So mm-hmm. let's check out Fully Cooly Progressive episode four. I am very lucky to be sitting next to somebody who worked on that show. Yeah, it's been fun to see people's reactions, uh, which have luckily been very positive and hopefully continue to do so. Yeah. So keep watching. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. It just looks like just unbelievably gorgeous. I uh, I took my time drawing it. So it was, uh, it's a labor of love. I think yeah. it, the work shows for itself. Was that like one of your jobs as you would just get on the horn and be like, make it look prettier? Um, no, <laughs> luckily oh, they no. made it look very pretty. So okay. it was quite easy. Uh, and then for the only actual sneak peek, since all those spots have already run up till now, is our God of War game review that will be running tomorrow evening inside Tsunami at some to-be-determined time. Uh, so let's check out what uh, what Sarah thinks about her run through God of War. Hey, Sarah, I thought there wasn't any DLC for God of War. There isn't. I started over on the Give Me God of War difficulty. Oh, is it fun? Eh, more like I'm not ready to say goodbye to it all yet. Okay, well, what did you like about God of War? Everything. It's really fun. The writing is good. The voice acting is really good. That is where the true strength of a warrior lies. The story is interesting, and once you have a few upgrades, the fighting is really fun, and there's lots of unusual puzzles to solve. But you're not having fun right now? I think you're missing the point of this difficulty. Let's try again. What's the game about? You're still playing as Kratos, but this time it's all different. Your wife has died. Didn't that happen? a while ago? Different wife. Anyway, you leave with your son Atreus on a mission to honor her last wishes. So the game is really about your father-son journey. And ripping creatures apart? (laughs) Oh yeah, that's one of the perks. The early game is really one long tutorial and it takes a while for it to really open up. And at first, the boss fights are a little cheap, but once you figure them out, it ends up just being a good challenge. It looks like there are crafting and skill trees, too. Yeah, and a few side missions. But it's really more than the sum of its parts. The whole vibe is just really good. I'd say a solid 9 out of 10, maybe even a 9.5. So you're waiting till you finish the whole game again before really committing? Well, right now I don't see how I'm going to beat the Valkyrie Queen again, so I don't know that I can finish again. Valkyrie Queen? I'll explain on the way. Yay. Yay! Thank you for trusting me to uh, to read that one. Yeah, because like I, I always really enjoy it when uh, when Sarah's playing a game. I know a lot of the time, sometimes it's just Tom doing his own thing. So it's like it's nice to be like, ooh, Sarah's playing. Yeah, I like always to really keep it enjoy going. that one. And um, we have the- animation for both so Ooh, might as well use them might as well um so but you uh you dug that game i did yeah i had almost zero interest in playing it as the launch date approached mm-hmm. and then i don't remember what i was playing when it first came out so i started playing it a week or two after um mm-hmm. and uh and it was kind of it's a slow start because they you slowly get to where you can actually do the fighting they i feel like they probably parse it out over too long a period of time mm-hmm. um but in the end I, I really liked it the story was awesome it looks amazing the fighting's fun mm-hmm. 
You heard it here first, yeah. folks. Plus, Fighting's plus, fun. plus. Just, uh, what's your favorite weapon? Um, well, you really have the... Well, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't okay. played, so it's... All right, no. You, get, you, have, you have these, and then you have this one. You have, and, well, I, I typically like a... If I can do a that in any game, I mean, like if you have a this you, for me... You sort of can. It's really more like you do this, and then yeah. someone else does that. Because some people have a this, and then if you do... Yeah. Um, I had to pick my D&D stats today, and I real, I'm a bard, and I had to pick a lot of, like... It's a lot of cheering people on, but that's sort of fun to play. It's just to be like, great job. You're doing a really no. great job. I really believe I in like you. I like what you did there. Yeah. Yeah, I really like what you did there, and I also like animal friendship. Nice. And so, I, but I, that's also like I like I like ranged characters, and I like any sort of character. Much like so, Horizon Zero Dawn is a perfect game for me because you have not just a person that does this, um, but you have uh, you have a person that uh, practices animal friendship. So yeah, I like that a lot. This is more not not that that okay. The animals you mostly just rip to shreds, but. <laughs> teach their own uh and then we are lucky enough to have steve bloom give us another episode of the bloom room for this week the blum room um steve is in buffalo at what i believe is called buffalo con we're gonna say Mm -hmm. um and uh then he takes a romantic journey to niagara falls i'm gonna i'm gonna guess it it's buffalo amazing i like that here he is at buffalo amazing yeah let's check it out Hello, Bloom Room Buds. I know I've been away for a while, but I'm back. And this time, I'm going to bring you with me to Buffalo, New York for Nickel City Comic Con. You may even get to stop at Niagara Falls. Join me, won't you? When packing for a trip, the cats are so helpful. So I'm on my way to Nickel City Comic Con in Buffalo, New York. I have a connecting flight in Detroit. And who do I see boarding my plane with me? Will Friedel. He's one of my buddies. We played D&D together. It was really great to see him. The weird thing was, not only are we on the same flight, but they seat us next to each other. Weird. I see a lot of celebrities at conventions, but this guy? Yeah, I might have geeked out a little. Yeah, I kind of geeked out with this one, too. This is Jeremy Bullock. Boba Fett. Such a cool guy. Hey, guys. This week, I'm coming to you live from Niagara Falls. A very romantic trip all by myself. <laughs> the water that flows over the falls comes from four of the five Great Lakes. From here, the water goes down the Niagara River to Lake Ontario, then the St. Lawrence River, and finally to the Atlantic Ocean. Just to the right of the falls is the journey behind the falls. And he's sitting next to me again. I think he's stalking me. Sometimes when I'm traveling, people ask me for a birthday greeting. Here's a happy one. Happy birthday. Another mission completed. Thanks for joining me in the Bloom Room. See you next time. 
I'm so glad he survived the barrels going over in the barrel. Yeah. Very happy for him. He uh, set the Guinness record, I believe. Mm-hmm. But thank you as always, Steve, and thank you, Dana, for joining us today. Oh, and thank yeah. you Thanks for having me in Streaming Town for watching. And we will be back next week with an all new episode of Toonami Preflight. Get ready for Toonami. Yay. See ya. Toonami, every Saturday night from 10 30 p.m. to 4 a.m. 